It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is December 14th, 2020. My name is Philip Rothman, the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can always follow me on Twitter at PhilipRR underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, Magic played a couple games. Some good, some bad, some preseason, some, you know, just just a couple games. We'll talk about the Magic's two games set with the Atlanta Hawks, what went right in both games, what went wrong in both games, and what it means for the team moving forward. We'll chat a little bit about what the team's foundations are and kind of the the big lesson, especially coming after Sunday's loss, um, uh, uh, for this team moving forward. And I'll give you my thoughts on how Chuma Okiki and Cole Anthony looked in their debuts in the first two games, as, as we're not going to dwell too much on Friday's game, um, but we will discuss it in a little bit. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Lockdown Podcast Network. We're searching every download podcast for Lockdown and the team you're looking for. Just like there's a daily podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's podcasts covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only get from a local expert who knows their team best. But the lowdown on the Charlotte Hornets and how they've done in their first couple preseason games, check out Locked On Hornets. The Orlando Magic will take on the Charlotte Hornets on Thursday, of course. No matter what your team is, whether it's in the NFL, NBA, NHL, MLB, or College 2, there is a Locked On podcast for you. Just search for Locked On in the team you're looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Today's episode is also brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order again. Go to BuiltBar.com, enter promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Before we dive too deep into the basketball and into the nitty-gritty of things, I just want to say how great it is to have basketball back. Um, you know, I've watched, I watched mostly the Magic games. Um, you know, I, got, I caught a little bit of other games around the league. I'm going to get back into my league pass rhythm. Um, but it is just fantastic to have basketball back. Uh, I'm sure the players are super excited. I know you all are super excited too. And after, you know, yes, spending a long time, both from the hiatus um, entering uh, the bubble to the time that the Magic were eliminated in August to get to now, having a lot of things being hypothetical and now actually getting to see them in action and getting to get a feel for what this team looks like is just plain refreshing. Um, I, 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 that's that's really the only way I can describe it. Um, I, it this is I am a game person. Um, I, I know I know that 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 a lot of people don't find the nitty gritty. Uh, most of the conversations, honestly, that I have with people, um, or some of the disagreements I have with people, are when they're only thinking about macro issues, and I think about macro issues too, uh, and not enough about micro issues and about how we get through. The course of a season, and you know, I think a lot of people have kind of dismissed this season as some somewhat irrelevant. And I, I, I don't know if you're completely wrong, but I love games. I love the grind of a season. I love the journey. Um, I often say this, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll put this out here now as, as we get set to begin this journey. 
the NBA is not about the destination. Like, we all know who the championship caliber teams are. It's going to be the Lakers. It's going to be the Clippers. It's going to be the Bucks. It's maybe the Heat. Um, the Nets, maybe. The Nuggets, maybe. It's pretty clear which teams are good enough to win. And, and you know, I'm not going to sit here and tell you the Magic are a championship team. They're not. The goals that we've talked about for this Orlando Magic team are to get back to the playoffs. And we're talking about a 7 or an 8 seed. We're not really even talking about competing for home court advantage. And as I've often said, that is not the end goal, but it, it, but there are steps you have to go to get there. To me, what makes the NBA such a fantastic league is the nightly league pass watches, the nightly just conversations that people have. An NBA season is not about the destination because if it were, we'd just skip to the end and just watch the Lakers. And you know, maybe that's part of the league's problem is so much of it is seemingly predetermined. But this league is so much about the journey, about how you get there, the stories and the struggle and the grind to get there. And we are, you know, we've taken just the first two steps on that journey. And and to me, it is really, really exciting. So let's start in with Friday's game. I do want to talk very, very briefly about Friday's game against the Atlanta Hawks, a um, a a 116-112 victory over the Atlanta Hawks. And frankly, this was a game where the Magic played exceptionally well. Um, you know, we, we talked a lot about how continuity would matter. Um, it, it was never on more display than in Friday night's game. The Magic played with incredible poise and just incredible control. Um, that's that's really the best way I can describe it. Guess there were mistakes. There, you know, guys went to the wrong spots on a few occasions. There were a few bobbled passes. It wasn't it, it wasn't like they were perfect, but they were really good. Uh, offensively, just moving the ball, getting into their offense, picking up the pace, playing exactly how they want to play. I mean, you, again, it, it, in some ways it's about the contours of how you want to play, not exactly how you want to play quite yet. But from there, even the defense was really good. There were some fantastic defensive moments, um, stuff that that's going to be vital to this team, creating transition opportunities, creating steals, creating deflections, just disrupting the team, the the, the, the the Atlanta Hawks. And meanwhile, the Hawks looked like a team that hadn't played in nine months. Um, you know, we're not going to pretend that, that that's not a factor. And I, and I think the teams that didn't make the bubble, they're going to be really inconsistent uh, for a little while, um, just as they get their legs back under them and as they, as they kind of get themselves going. Um, the Magic just played really, really well. 18 points from Nikola Vucevic, 11 rebounds, 4 assists. Aaron Gordon with 12 points, 6 assists. Evan Fournier with 13 points on 5 for 9 shooting. Markel Fultz with 10 points, kind of taking a backseat role, but still playing very much in control. I would say, especially the second half. Uh, I know a lot of people have focused on Fultz, and we'll get to his Sunday game here in a little bit. Um, and we'll talk more about Fultz throughout the show. Um a lot of people, I got the sense were, you know, I was I was not able to watch the game live, but I was following kind of conversations online just to get a sense of what the game was like before I watched it when I got home. Um, I, I got the sense that a lot of people were upset that Fultz wasn't more involved in the offense. And yet, you know, I watched that game and I was like, you know, yes, Fultz wasn't looking for a shot really until the second half, but he was in control of the game. He was doing whatever he wanted. He or Not necessarily whatever he wanted, but he was directing and organizing the team exactly how the coach wants him. I, I thought, you know, honestly, and we'll, again, Marco Fultz had a fantastic game on Sunday. I I thought he was the player of the weekend for the Magic. 
Um, you know, just not just because of his production, but just because of the way he managed the game and managed the offense, especially. Um, you know, again, he was a big catalyst on Sunday. We'll talk about that. I, I keep teasing that. We'll talk about that in a sec. Um, we will talk about that in a sec. Um, Dwayne Bacon had 11 of his 14 points in the first quarter, really got the team off to a hot start. The Magic were just, you know, for lack of a better term, dialed in um, offensively for sure. Um, they Or they dialed in more than the Atlanta Hawks were able to. Uh, and they won, again, it wasn't a comfortable win. Uh, the Hawks made it close. Orlando had to pull away a little bit. But the, the both Magic starters built 15-point leads in both stints in Friday's game and just looked incredibly, like, just, again, dialed in. I would say that, yes, the Magic fouled too much. I would say that the Magic didn't really seem interested in making second efforts defensively. Clint Capella had a field day on the glass. Um, you know, still, so again... Even though the Magic played very, very well, there is still a lot to clean up there. I, I would not call uh, Friday's performance regular season ready. I certainly would not call Sunday's performance regular season ready too. And, and while Sunday was uh, a poor performance, I wouldn't call it a concerning performance, uh, if that makes sense. I wouldn't call it, you know, I'm not ringing alarm bells. But Steve Clifford was absolutely right. You know, Steve Clifford's been super positive throughout training camp. He's been super encouraging. He's been very optimistic about what this team can do. And again, Friday left us no reason to think otherwise. He came on in his post-game press conference on Sunday and said, you know, this was by far our worst day of camp. Um, you know, we did not play the way we need to play. We did not, you know, compete. We did not pay attention to detail. You know, we did not do the things that we are going to have to do to win games. Didn't share the ball. We didn't play for each other. A lot of, a lot of you know, I, again, I, I, I think Clifford got his message across. Um, I don't think it's as dire as he seemed to make it, um, but I agree with him that we shouldn't be celebrating that in a game where the starters pretty much played to the end of the game. You know, they didn't play their full minutes. Nikola Vucevic and Markel Fultz both hit over 30 minutes. Um, they didn't play their full minutes that they would during a regular season game, but the starters weren't at the end of the game. It was a tight game in the fourth quarter. That's a game you're going to have to win. Um, you can't be dropping games to Atlanta Hawks, especially uh, in this season. Um, but I'm not ringing alarm bells. It's the preseason. But again, it's a lot of the same issues were amplified in, in Sunday's game. I, I didn't think the Magic were ever really engaged defensively um, or not significantly engaged defensively. It, it didn't look like they were interested in, in playing physical basketball um, and kind of dictating their will physically. And, and again, that is that 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 is one of the big things defensively. When the Magic were really good defensively, it's because they were being physical. It's because they were they were you know not letting you know other teams push them around, um, and you know I think in some respects that's against several player on players' nature. Um, you know Nikola Vucevic is not someone that likes contact, um, but he has to be physical if he's going to be successful. I thought too often Clint Capella got deep post position, uh, and, and again just Vucevic just I know he had fourteen re- or fifteen rebounds. Uh, and he was better on the glass in this game than he was on Friday, there were just a lot of times where I just don't think he was interested in boxing out. And I don't know how much of that is just it's preseason and, and maybe guys are pacing themselves not trying to exert themselves, but it, it, it wasn't it wasn't good. What we saw on the court wasn't good. And again, that, that allowed Atlanta to get out to an early lead, um, build a double-digit lead, and, and, and kind of keep the Magic at a distance. I thought the Magic's defensive rotations on Sunday were extremely sloppy, um, not good communication. Uh it had their moments. Uh, you know, I think the Magic, you know, fell down by 14 in the first half. They came back by the end of the first half. They felt they gave up a 19-0 run uh, in the second half and the third quarter. 
fell down by 17 and actually came back and and took the and tied the game, I believe, in the in the fourth quarter. So it, the Magic had moments, um, and those moments typically revolved around Markel Fultz and the energy that he provided. Um, I talked about how the Magic were in control of the game. There's a period in the second quarter, especially, where Marco Fultz was in control of the game. Just completely in control of the game. Um, pushing the pace, getting the Magic into their sets, you know, really giving the team some energy. And, and you know, we talk a lot about pace. Pace, I think, is going to be a really important thing this season. Because it's going to give the team the energy that they would, they might normally get from a crowd. And so not having a crowd, teams are going to have to find their own energy. And honestly, that might have had something to do with how the Magic played in this game. Where, you know, they got hit in the mouth a little bit. And it's preseason. Maybe they didn't want to hit back or they want to kind of stay at their level rather than ratcheting up their intensity. Uh, and and they got they got nicked for it, um, for lack of a better better way to phrase it. They they the, the Hawks kind of had that intensity ratcheted up to, to eight, maybe nine. Orlando was still just kind of cruising comfortably at a six or a seven. Um, so again, the control does not, you know, I, I talked a lot about control, control with Friday's game. Control does not mean you're in cruise control. It does not mean you're, you're scaling back on things. It, it means that, you know, you're dictating the flow of the game. And, and when the Magic did that, they were far away better than the Hawks. I, I, I want to repeat that. When the Magic were dictating the flow of the game, when the Magic were kind of playing their style and moving the ball, they were far and away better than the Hawks. Erasing two double-digit deficits in the way that they did um, was a really strong sign. And they got great performances from players they need great performances from. You know, Markel Fultz with 21 points, five rebounds, four assists, uh, only one turnover after a high turnover game on Friday. Um, Aaron Gordon had 15 points, six rebounds, three steals. He only played 19 minutes. He largely uh, did not play in the second, uh, played a little bit in the second half, but not a ton. Um, Evan Fournier had 13 points, an okay game for him. Nikola Vucevic, 14 points, 15 rebounds. Um, Cole Anthony coming off the bench. We're going to talk more about the rookies here in a sec. Cole Anthony coming off the bench with 16 points, four rebounds, four assists, and two steals. He did some very nice things on the floor. And again, was also key to just kind of upping the energy level of the team. And and so much of the season is going to be about kind of creating and finding your own energy. And the Magic missed a lot of shots early. Um, they were kind of settling for mid-range jumpers, I would say. I don't think they were doing a good job going inside out the way that they did on Friday. Um, that was something that Steve Clifford pointed out as well in his post-game, pre- post-game comments. Uh, but overall, you know, I, I think that the Magic just need, again, it's just about being focused. Uh, and preseason is, it's easy to lose your focus in preseason. And I think that's, that's really what happened Sunday. Um, overall, though, I would say it was a good weekend. Um, you know, we'll talk about a few things here coming up, coming up. But overall, I felt like it was a good weekend for the Orlando Magic. They 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 showed a lot of things. Um, you know, obviously they got their feet wet. They 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 played decently well. I mean, again, I think there was two very bad quarters. Um, and again, Sunday's game just never really felt on. Uh, but overall, you know, I, I'm I'm much more optimistic about this team than I was leaving it. Um, you know, again, the margin for errors are very small. Uh, the margins for error are very small. The Magic have to have the right approach. And, and that was really the big message coming out of Sunday. And mix that with how well some of the key young Magic players played. The foundation the Magic are building in this camp is far, far more important. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner. And Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. 
Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Coming up this week on Locked On Magic, we will continue getting you ready for the NBA season. I've got player outlooks planned for the rest of the week. I've got a couple of them working on for LondonMagicDaily.com. We'll, of course, recap what's going on at practice. Note a few things that coaches talking about or thinking about. Just kind of dive in a little bit to that. Of course, Thursday, the Orlando Magic take on the Charlotte Hornets. I am planning, I will be covering that game. I am still deciding whether I'm, I'm comfortable going to the Amway Center, but the Amway Center will be open and basketball will be played there. Uh, so we'll have more on that as well. And don't forget, the Orlando Magic Daily Mailbag is open. I'm hoping to get a mailbag out before the start of the season. So send me your Orlando Magic questions to uh, my Twitter account at omagicdaily or by email at omagicdaily at gmail.com. I look forward to answering your questions. The preseason, though, is really a time to build foundations. Um, This is really the time to set the course for the season, to set what this group is going to do and what this group is going to be about. Um. With the Steve Clifford team, you already kind of know what it's about. He's he's done a very good job establishing who his teams are. Um, he he's, he did that in Charlotte, and he's done it here in Orlando. Uh, this is a team that is going to be strong defensively. That's going to not make it not beat itself. No turnovers, no fouls. Very simply, a strong fundament, fundamentally sound team. And and I think. Sometimes when we talk about this Orlando Magic team, we're so focused on the future and what this team can become that we don't we don't think about the work that you have to do in the present to get there. And I actually thought Sunday's game was a really good example of this. Again, it's preseason. I don't want to read too much much into it. I don't want to make mountains out of molehills, but it was hard. Orlando Magic fans not to leave Sunday's game absolutely giddy. Malcolm Fultz had that run in the second quarter where he was scoring at will. He had a step back three for crying out loud. Two for two from beyond the arc. Shooting much more confidently uh, and, and frankly just finishing much more confidently. He had a drive in the late fourth quarter. Got an and one over Clint Capella. It was an impressive finish. He, you know, Steve Clifford said we would see that he is much better. And again, we'll see what happens in the regular season. But Fultz is playing with a lot more poise and control over the offense. The the, the offense is his, or it's his to manage, if if not to to be the leading scorer. And I I, I would have to say, I came away impressed with Fultz's maturity and control as a point guard over the course of these two games. Um, I think that he played fantastic. And really, he brought the Magic back into the game on both occasions, both in the first half and in the second half. Cole Anthony was much the same way. Cole Anthony gave the team a little bit of a spark in in Sunday's game for sure. He was doing a good job pushing the pace and doing a good job getting the team into its tempo. And while certainly, you know, his shot was was better on Sunday than was Monday, um, on Friday for sure, he was 
he, everyone left impressed with him. He did a nice scoring run at the beginning of the fourth quarter, got the Magic back into the game, or, or made the game interesting enough that the Magic decided to go for it. And Cole Anthony finished the game. I, I want everyone to know that. Cole Anthony finished this game and was on the floor in crunch time minutes. Invaluable experience. Now, I would say once the starters came back in, which was really just Nikola Vucevic and Markel Fultz, because um, 748 fouled out, uh, certainly I think Anthony took a secondary role. I don't think the Magic were necessarily looking for him or running a lot of offense through him. But that's okay. It's the experience. It's being out there. It's, it's kind of learning and getting a sense of where your spots on the floor are going to be. And again... With the way that Fultz played, with the way that Anthony played, these are two young players Magic fans really, really like and are big parts of their future. Not only that, they played together and had a positive impact on the floor. And and, and, and however long they played together, I think it was like 10, 11, 12 minutes, you know, you know, somewhere in that, somewhere, certainly around 10 minutes playing together. The Magic were plus three, if I'm not mistaken. So they had a positive impact in this game. And again... It was hard watching that and thinking about those players. And, and Steve Clifford, despite saying how much he did not like the team's performance, singled out Marco Fultz and Cole Anthony as players who played well, that did what they were supposed to do. It was hard not to come out of the game giddy and excited. But of course, the first thing Clifford said, as he often does when he's not happy, is this was not the kind of performance the Magic need. This is not the kind of team the Magic need to be. This is not who the Magic are going to have to be if they want to win. So while we are all excited about something, the coach is not. And that's because this team did not play to its foundation. They fouled out the wazoo. I think the the Hawks had 19 first half free throws. Aaron Gordon and Evan Fournier both had four fouls at the half. Evan Fournier ultimately fouled out in the fourth quarter. He had five fouls in the third you know, uh, by the end of the third quarter, obviously. Um, the Magic weren't aggressive on the glass. They were getting passive and just kind of, you know, going through the motions in some way. And yeah, they, they, they gave themselves a chance to win, but as Clifford said, this Magic team is not going to beat anybody playing this way. To play, to beat the teams that they know they're going to have to beat, to beat anybody... They've got to play to their foundation, to their identity, to the principles that they have, that they know work. The principles that they know they have to be successful. And I think this is true of any young developing team. You could throw young guys out there, they'll make mistakes, but they're not going to learn or grow in the way that you want them to grow. And Clifford's made this very, very clear that he you know, kind of believes in the Pat Riley Van Gundyism that the first two to three years, the players in the league are very important. And if they learn the wrong lessons in those two to three years, they are essentially lost. And unless they have star-level talent, that is ruinous to careers. That's why the Magic believe in building a winning environment. That's why the Magic believe in competing for a playoff spot because for their young players, this is how you grow accountability. This is how you grow players that understand what it takes to win so that when you're ready to compete for something real, these guys are ready to compete with you. You don't have to teach them the kind of competitiveness and fire that you need. Cole Anthony's already got it. That much is clear. He he was not happy with how he played on Friday. He thought he played very poorly. And he came out and had a better game on Sunday. That's growth. That's good. But again, 
All of that doesn't matter if the Magic are not playing to their principles. And so, yes, it's time to call out the Magic's captains. Nikola Vujic missed a ton of shots, lost his cool at one point, picking up a technical foul, uh, and, and just never really was active in the game. I think even think his rebounds were not necessarily aggressive. Aaron Gordon had some good activity early. Um, obviously, he's playing in a little bit of a minutes restriction. But again, a lot of settling for jumpers. I, you know, he hasn't done a lot of those those dribble moves that we all hate, but a lot of settling for jumpers. You know, Evan Fournier, again, Evan Fournier did some good things. I don't think he was a completely lost cause, but it's more of an attitude and and and, and an intensity that, that the Magic just didn't have. And honestly, both games, both Friday and Sunday, I felt like the Magic didn't have the right attitude and intensity. They didn't have the right intention. They didn't have the right purpose as Coach Clifford might like to say. Because maybe, again, if a 10 is the playoffs, you want to be at a 7 or 8, you know, maybe a 9, depending on your team, for the regular season, these games were played at like a 5, a 4, and spiking to maybe a 6. The Magic were not in regular season mode, and, and that part gives me solace because I trust veterans like Nikola Vucevic and Evan Fournier to know how to pace themselves through a preseason. But again, Evan Fournier said, every preseason minute's going to be important to me just because there's so little run-up. If we want these young guys to develop, if we want Fultz to become the player that we want him to become, if we want Cole Anthony to become the player that we want him to become, the rest of the team has to do its part. They have to lead, they have to bring those guys up uh, into a system and into an expectation, into a foundation that's going to ultimately lead to success and ultimately their success because the team's success is the individual success. The team is not successful without the individual doing their part. And if there's a lesson that comes from Sunday's game, it's, there is a lot to be excited about with the Magic. There is something to be excited about. There is something to glom onto. There is something to believe in. But the future, the Magic's future, is only dictated by its present. And just how close everyone on the roster sticks to what the Magic do best. Talk a little bit about, about more about Cole Anthony and Chumo Kiki as they make their NBA debuts here in the first couple preseason games. But first, let me tell you about the best tasting protein bar ever, and that's Built Bar. Built Bar is literally a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. I, I have them all the time. I, I, I always eagerly buy a new box. I'm ready to try new flavors um, because each one has frankly blown me away. Uh, I have been impressed with how good these things taste because typically my experience with protein bars is they taste nasty. They are not good. They, they're chalky. They're, they don't quite taste what like what they say on the box. Not my favorite thing to eat. I'm not a big workout guy to begin with, uh, so it is not my treat. It is not something that I reach for. It's not something that I look to. But Pilt Bar was completely different from the start. Um, it's even more delicious than ever now, coming in 18 amazing flavors, including cookies and cream, which is the one that I'm working on now. I'm working on a box of cookies and cream right now. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. They're great for the health-conscious person. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat that you will not regret. Most bar, bars are low-calorie, most under 150 calories, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and great for keto diets. These are not meal replacement bars. These are truly a snack to give you the boost that you need. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off. Again, at BuiltBar.com. 
The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are days away from the start of the NBA regular season, and this week the Locked On NBA podcast is previewing every team division by division. Get intel on each team, waiver wire editions from Locked On Fantasy Basketball, rookies to watch from Chad Ford, and predictions on each division from rejecting the screen. Subscribe to Locked On NBA wherever you get podcasts for our annual NBA preview extravaganza. All week on Locked On NBA. Of course, with the first preseason games, we get our first chance to see the rookies, Cole Anthony and Chuma Okiki. And both players were admittedly nervous, it felt like, uh, following uh, Friday's win. Um, both players, you know, showed, showed some signs. Chuma Okiki hit a couple threes. Cole Anthony needed a little while to get himself going, but started to get his shots going in. But it was very, very clear that the, the, the game was very new to both of them. And, and as, as optimistic as we are about both players, I, I, I always have to remind everyone that rookies are notoriously unreliable. They go through wild swings and ups and downs. And, and, and relying on rookies is often folly. Now, that doesn't mean that they can't fill a role. They can't be good players. And I, I think both will have moments where they contribute meaningfully to this team this year. But right now, the task is with them getting so much new information and just kind of trying to to grapple with playing in a new league and in the NBA no less, um, so much of what they're having to do is on the fly. And it's going to take a while for them to feel very, very comfortable. Um, Okiki looked like, you know, A, he had the green light to shoot whenever he touched the ball, which is okay, I think, for him. I just get his... Get, get that going. Um, but it looked like he needed to get his legs under him. Like he was just kind of missing shots, just didn't look in rhythm. And and for him, you know, even Evan Fournay's mentioned that Okiki needs confidence. Um, he needs to feel confident in his body. He needs to feel confident that he can play at this level. And when, he, when that happens, he's going to be very good. We saw some signs of things of what he can be, but ultimately, you know, the weekend was about him getting his feet wet. Um, and, and he certainly did that. He had a three in Sunday's, Sunday's loss. Um, but overall, you know, Kiki can be a good defender. He's obviously got the size. Um, you know, he, he showed some physicality going after the offensive glass. Um, but overall, defensively, still kind of learning the tricks of the trade despite all the potential that he has. Danilo Gallinari uh, did a good job on him. Um, you know, they and again, both games, they targeted the rookies. Trey Young, when, when he was matched up with Cole Anthony, targeted Cole Anthony. And Anthony made some defensive mistakes. Um, again, he, as good as he played, as well as he played Sunday... Teams are going after him. He was making tons of mistakes. And that's okay at this point. Make your mistakes now. Learn what you're going to see on an NBA court. That's okay. What's important, and this is just generally true, what's important is that mistakes don't become repeating. That you advance, you improve, you grow, you learn. And that's really what this weekend was about. Beginning that process. It's one thing to be in practice and, and to see what kind of situations are going to be put into to go into a game and, and have teams, you know, who are picking are picking on you, to be frank. Or, you know, you're, you're playing a team where you don't know kind of what's coming. Because, you know, as much as you can simulate things in practice, 
teams know what's coming. They can anticipate things a little bit. There's none of that here. And communications at a premium, there's one famous play on Friday where Dwayne Bacon was clearly calling for a switch. Cole Anthony stayed with his man and they gave and the Magic gave up a dunk and Cole Anthony knew immediately that that was his mistake, that that was his switch that he needed to have, have happen. Um, happened several times, you know, happened uh, several times again on Sunday, even though Anthony played well, um, that he got beat off the dribble. So again, a lot of techniques still to work on, a lot of experience still to gain, and just frankly, getting used to the speed of an NBA game. It is not easy to do. But on top of all this, on top of all this, Cole Anthony especially showed significant progress. He was not happy with how he played on Friday, but he said, you know, part of what he was trying to do Friday was just kind of learn where his spots would be on the floor, where he could get to, what he could do off the dribble. And he showed some great bursts on occasion. Again, the, the signs were all there that, that Anthony's going to be fine, that he's going to figure it out. Um, but a lot of missed shots and just a lot of, you know, not chucking. I wouldn't say Anthony was, was kind of out, outside of the offense, but, you know, he was just trying to figure out where he needed to be and what he could do. And by Sunday, he figured out a lot of it figure out a lot of how he can contribute and help this team. So obviously the next step then is continuing that process. The next step then is to take the next leap, the next step forward, the next way ahead. And that is becoming more efficient. That is becoming a better defender. That is doing this thing again. You know, Steve Clifford said that the Magic probably weren't going to play Cole Anthony and and, uh, Markel Fultz together a lot. They played together a lot already. It's definitely something the Magic seemingly feel comfortable looking at and playing, even in crunch time minutes, at this point. And sure, some of that might be that the Magic are without two wings and Terrence Ross and James Ennis, so the Magic are a little shorthanded. They may not have much of a choice. But again, they threw Cole Anthony into the fire, and, and he played well. He quitted himself well. We're, we're talking giddily about him. That's a step. Now it's about that next step. And that next step is always consistency. Consistency is the hardest thing to do in the NBA. Can you do something every single night? So again, like I said earlier, this is about the journey. And the journey is about what you do in the middle of the grind. And Cole Anthony seems very much up for the challenge. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Search your tune in Himalay, Google Play, Spotify, and all the places on the podcast your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at R underscore Amin. Of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. We'll see you again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.